0: We need each other. That's facts. I need, I need us, my
1: sisters. I need my brothers out here.
2: A coward dies a thousand deaths, and for all the
3: bootlickers,
4: may you die a thousand and one.
1: The place for the realest conversations.
4: Tori
3: you want all
4: the action,
1: or you want all the smoke? Oh, <laughs> I'm with all that
0: smoke too, man. I didn't see Ron Johnson. He trash. Chisholm is trash. How the hell are you here to help us and your kids are dying in the street?
3: I understand that this is Milwaukee and everyone believes that if someone says something, it's mentioned. It's
0: not. I don't care if it's the past. If you see the past or acting right, you check that fool. Where's the results?
3: Talking topics
1: that need to be highlighted and discussed in our communities. Would you
0: trade places with a black
1: person? Uh, yeah, I sure No, I would not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever said the N-word?
1: I'm not Come on, be the ready. truth. We on the truth. Unfiltered and unfazed, this is the Tory Lowe Show on 1017 The Truth and The Truth
5: App. The reason I believe the racism is getting worse is because whites know that they will be outnumbered in about 20, 21 years. They're going to be outnumbered. Mm. Hey, Tony, man, how are you doing, brother? I'm actually from India. We brown people can totally relate with you. And sometimes it's like, did that just
4: happen to me? We have to not let the government mind efforts either. that.
3: That cop ain't never been brought to the public because he ain't normal and he may not even exist no more. Say
0: no more. Release the video. You know, you keep on doing what you're doing, man. You're going to take over this talk radio, man. Just keep on
3: focusing on what you're focusing on. I wish you a lot
1: of love. God bless you, brother. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio in Milwaukee, here is Tory Lowe.
0: request the advocate in the state 101.7 fm the movement continues, the movement continues. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 milwaukee yeah. stand up yeah stand up. it's to reload the it's truth from wonderful we about that action so tap in and let's go uh, we want that justice we want all the smoke from monday through friday trying to bring the city hope yeah so we low from 1 to 4, Monday through Friday. Let's go. We got that action from the block and we ready. Let's go. Tap in and it ain't no holding back. We ready. We ready. 101.7 The Truth. Tory Lowe. Tory Lowe Show live from American Family Insurance Studio at The Avenue. The movement continues. The marathon continues right here. On 101, 7 the Truth Thank you for joining me for the second hour of the Tory Lowe Show This Tuesday, February 20th, 2024 And guess who we got in the build Milwaukee County Executive David Crowley in the build
3: Hey How you doing, how you doing? How you doing? Uh? I'm doing well, no complaints Appreciate you having me, how you doing? Hey look, I'm feeling powerful That's good. I
0: always feel powerful, you know. I I think that's the only way to wake up. Oh, man. You you got the challenges ahead. So if you're feeling powerful, you can handle a lot of things.
3: I love that. I love that. I tell everybody, everybody, every day is a good day.
0: Now, you are the first elected. Correct. Black county executive. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Now, there were other county executives. Yes, uh, can you explain the story of, of the different ideas? But I know you're the first elected. But who were the others?
3: There was uh, I, well, I can't go through the whole timeline, right? But I am the I am the first elected black, and I'm very intentional in letting folks know that uh, the first elected because there right. were two before me. So uh, throughout our history, we've actually had seven county executives that has been elected. I am the seventh elected county executive, uh, but from my knowledge, I am the ninth. And so uh, about uh, close to I want maybe about 10, 15 years ago, uh, when Scott Walker was our previous county executive, when he left that seat, our county board chairman at the time, Lee Holloway, then elevated and was the interim county executive. And so he held that role for a while and he wanted to he wanted to run for office, but he didn't want to give up his county board seat to run for county executive. And if I'm not mistaken, that's when they tapped uh, former mayor Marvin Pratt to actually uh become the interim county executive I didn't know during that Pratt time was
0: even on the executive side.
3: Oh yeah, he so he's the he's the he, if he may be the only person in mm. our history who's been City of Milwaukee mayor and county both. executive. He's been both. Yeah.
0: Okay, that's what's up. Yeah. Now, you got this magazine that's out uh I see the cover. It's the Milwaukee Magazine.
3: And I was going to say, I ain't got the magazine. Well, no, but no I'm but. talking about you. It's You're on sorry. the cover. It's out. It's, yeah, it's it February. Out Y'all
0: know, it's February now. <laughs> they, got, they got the mayor and they got the county executive on there. Yeah. And it says faces of power. Yes. And to me, when you say faces of power, that means that they're looking at you guys in position of power. Mm-hmm. And we know that you and both you and Cavalier Johnson came out of the hood like – out of, you know, what we oh, call yeah. the Tw- neighborhoods. Oh,
3: yeah. 23rd and Birdline.
0: Yeah. You know, some of the areas, 53206 and things like that. Absolutely. Um, how does that, what does it mean when they say faces of power? And how does that power translate to your community?
3: Mm. I think that's a really good question, right? And I think that one, particularly coming from where I come from, right? Like coming, just like you were saying, coming from the hood, coming from places where you don't see people come from these same these same backgrounds to have the same type of foundations mm-hmm. that I have to be in a position like this, a step positions of stature like this. And so one, I think that when we build power, particularly in our community, we have to give a little bit away. Mm-hmm. Right. And I say that because power is not just holding on to anything or just flexing your muscle. The question is what are you using? How do you utilize that power to move your community forward? And so when it comes down to the position of being the county executive You know, our vision, literally our vision, when I became county executive, we changed it, did our first strategic plan over 20 years, is that by achieving racial equity, we can become the healthiest county in the state of Wisconsin. And not only are we trying to show that based off of how we've made investments, whether we're talking about mental health, whether we're talking about. Uh, some of the work that we've done with Credible Messengers and our young people, whether we're talking about uh, affordable housing and the housing options that we're creating online, not just within the city of Milwaukee, but all across this this county. Mm-hmm. It's really about how do you put people in position to where they have the opportunity to thrive and not just survive like we've been doing for so many decades living in this community.
0: Now, we don't have—the uh, county is different from the mayor. Correct. Uh, the mayor controls, you know, Milwaukee, you know, as far as the— Decisions of policy, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's ran duly by the common council and the mayor. Mm-hmm. But the county executive uh, is
3: mostly what the parks. So, so we, we're at the county. County one. So one. You're absolutely right. Parks. Right. All the different types of parks. When you think about those county owned golf courses. When you think about uh, the 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 uh, the lakefront, right? right? Bradford Beach. That is Milwaukee County. Uh, but we're also everybody always say how they own a, on that ride the city bus, right? But you've never rode the city bus because these are county buses. So all the transit ride buses that you're utilizing are all county. We're also mm-hmm. responsible for uh, Mitchell International Airport. We're responsible for the Milwaukee uh, County Zoo. Uh, we do have county roads that we're responsible for in certain areas throughout Milwaukee County, but we don't own a majority of the roads. But we also provide the support systems for our criminal justice system. So Mm -hmm. when you think about the courthouse itself, No, we don't employ those judges, those DAs, those prosecutors, but we do provide the support systems uh, that they may need in order to run uh, the the courtrooms themselves.
0: Now, you don't have any say over the Milwaukee County jail.
3: No. So we have different constitutional officers. And so one of the things that I am responsible over is the Community Reintegration Center, which we renamed from formerly the House of Corrections. Right. Uh, But the the, the jail itself, constitutional officer, uh, the sheriff is responsible for the jail itself. So we do provide, we do set budgets for all of our different county departments, but we don't make decisions on what happens within those constitutionally held offices like the sheriff's or the clerk's Mm -hmm. or the treasurer's office, so on and so forth.
0: Now... As the county executive, and when we talk about programs for mental health, mm-hmm. housing, mm-hmm. things like that, what are you doing? What programs are out there? You know, Because we talk about – I talk about a lot about the evictions and things like that, and I know that's mainly a city issue.
3: Well, but, it's been both, actually.
0: Okay, so what is the county doing when it comes to uh, – I see a lot of eviction ideas, especially post uh, – after COVID, a right. lot of families are struggling – Uh, to pay the rent or things like that. How are we handling the housing?
3: Absolutely. Great question. What can you do for housing? Well, one, so it was two organizations that that was primarily doing the housing. The city of Milwaukee, they were were partnered with the the Social Development uh, uh, Commission. In Milwaukee County, we were working directly with community advocates. So depending on which program you went to lets you know – Uh, whether you were dealing with county services or city services. Uh, But the other thing that we did, particularly utilizing our our American Rescue Plan uh, Act dollars that we actually got from Biden, we actually created a a representation in a sense. So we actually contracted with Legal Aid, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Legal Aid Society, And we actually provide representation for people who are facing evictions. Right. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the times, one, if you can come into court and there is ways for us to find ways to mitigate the issue without you having to face some type of eviction. That was the first thing that we were focusing on. But if we couldn't get people to to agree on what was going on and and landlords decided they were going to go with these eviction proceedings and not going to take the dollars to help keep people within their homes, then we help to provide that representation. When we think about mental health, right, there's so much more that we need to be doing around mental health. But we have, we do have our crisis right. assessment response teams that are out there. And I will tell you that we're, we're constantly hiring right now because we need more people, particularly that come from the Milwaukee community, to be a part of these teams. We opened up the, the mental health emergency center um, right on, right just north of the Cox building on relief on And many people are asking, well, why, why here? Why, why are we moving this thing from Wauwatosa to down here? Well, when we looked at the data, 70 percent of the people that we were serving lived in or around the King Park neighborhood. So why are why are the services that we're providing all the way out here in the suburban community that people can barely find ways to get out here to? Right. Mm -hmm. Let's bring it closer to where we know that these folks are so they can have access closer to their homes so we can provide that support, not just to them, but to their families as well. And even looking at, you know. What we're doing in King Park. We just broke ground on the new Cox building that's going to be, that, that just broke ground earlier, you uh, I mean, know, say earlier, because I forget this is a new year, so right. we did this in, 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 in late summer, so that's going to be going up. Uh, but we we're also building um, over 100 brand new single family homes for first-time homebuyers, particularly for black and brown communities, so people can actually own their own homes and, and, and stop being in the cycle of renting. So there's a lot, honestly, that we have been trying to do, uh, but that's another reason why we're constantly in Madison. We're constantly in DC to bring back more resources so we can actually leverage the work that we have been able to do because the momentum that we have had for the past three and a half years, four years has just been tremendous.
0: Now, what when we talk about the issues on in the in the 53206 mm-hmm. and we talk about so many fires burning, mm-hmm. you know, and and we understand that you know when we get into these positions of politics, it's, it's different things that each person will leave as their trademark or as their right. legacy. Right. What do you plan to do for the neighborhoods that you came from to say, "Hey, look, I came out of this neighborhood.
3: This is the legacy that I left behind." Well, man, it's honestly it's it's, it's opportunity. Right. I mean, I mean, think about it, Tori. Remember when we were growing up and we, and, and even though it was tough, we've seen different things. Right. We had the opportunity to see and had opportunities to do work with different types of young people, work with different types of organizations to where now you fast forward 20 years to where we are now. None of these programs exist anymore. You know, and I think about my I got three daughters and I'm thinking to myself, OK, you know, I had an urban underground and I'm glad it's still here. But what what's the equivalent to that to that now? Right. With my with our young people. And so for me, when I still go back home, right, because my godparents are still on 10th and Berlin, I still make sure to go down there because I want to stay rooted. I want to stay humble. I want folks to know that I haven't forgotten where I come from. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's about bringing those opportunities back to them. And when I say opportunities, one job opportunities. Right. Because I can tell you that we're still hiring right now within Milwaukee County. So anybody who's looking for employment jobs Milwaukee County dot org. Uh, You can visit that website, right? But not just jobs, right? But if you're interested in being an entrepreneur, what kind of contracting opportunities are out there, right? Growing up, my first job on the block was cutting grass. And a lot of Mm -hmm. people don't know that they can start their own business right now, start contracting with the city, start contracting with foreclosed banks, and start making hand over fist, uh, you know, just by cutting grass but how do we provide those opportunities how do we make sure that mm. they not only have the skills but the knowledge to do those types of things so those training ideas are out here and we you gave a number can you repeat that number if well with the jobs i would say Org. but when you think about these training opportunities when you think about these entrepreneurs uh entrepreneurship opportunities that's when i'm looking for you know the Rubens over at Wisconsin Black Chamber of Commerce, and looking with the working with the Nikki Purvises with the African American Chamber of Commerce. But also, if you just know somebody who just got some hustle, right, and then right. we can teach them those business skills because people just need to be taught those skills. And then once they once they are able to match those skills with their hustle, the sky's really it really becomes the limit. Mm, look, when we come back.
0: We are in the studio with Milwaukee County Executive David Crowley. When we come back, I'm gonna read some talk to text. Some people chiming in. They want to ask you some questions. And also, it's it's election day.
3: Yes, it is. <laughs> it's election day. day.
0: It is. You know. Yes. And so you 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 definitely running. The, are you running the campaign? Is it?
3: Over? I am. I am running. Absolutely. I'm not on the ballot today, but I'll be on okay. the ballot in April because it's only two of us. Yeah.
0: Okay. And we're gonna talk about that when we get back. Truth Nation.
3: Stay locked in right here on Tory Low.
1: More of the Tory Low Show is next on 1017 the Truth, the Truth app and 1017thetruth.com. What a day um, what a day um,
0: 1017 the Truth Tory Low Tory Low Show. We in the building. We got Milwaukee County Executive David Crowley in the building. Hey, it's election day.
3: It is election day.
0: Hey, look, I've I read this magazine, this Milwaukee uh, magazine. For sure, you got like two hundred thousand dollars that you can, you know, deal with these campaigns
3: with. That's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fundraising. They, they, I'm fundraising. Like, I'm just saying.
0: They, they said you got a war chest over here. You, and, and they I think uh, they said Kevin Jones got like a hundred. And 57000 in the in the thing. They went through all y'all. They man.
3: went through everything, they went it seems all, you know,
0: like. They, but they got y'all on the magazine. But what I'm saying is the one thing that comes to mind with these elections is y'all support. And they brought up Chris Abley, too. Mm-hmm. So how big of a player is Chris Abley in your you know ability to function
3: as county executive? Because he backed you. He did back me. He did back me. And I, and I think that, one, we have to also recognize that I wasn't his – First choice. Right. Mm -hmm. And and when you think about what happened and what happened in my election and people getting thrown off the ballot and receiving his support, being here has been has been great to not only get his support, but it's also to get the support of everybody who voted for. me, Right. Right. But I would say that when it comes down to how we govern, I don't just call one person up like. You know, my mentors still live in this community. Mm-hmm. And do I look at Chris Abley as, as a person who's well, been able to be helpful before, you, before me? Because right. when you think about what he had to go through and some of the messes that he had to clean up, absolutely he's been helpful. Uh, but when you also when I also think about, you know, those who I relied on, like, my whole tenure, being able to still have a, a person like Dr. Howard Fuller, right, still able to have a Reggie and Charlene Moore, being mm-hmm. able to have you know, former elected officials who who have who have paved the way for myself, like, mm-hmm. you know, for me to be here like the Jason Fields, it's awesome being able to have those types of folks to be able to call on. Um, but, you know, I am my own person. Right. And when it comes down to the way that we govern, I govern based off of my experiences growing up in the tools, mm-hmm. 6 zip code, being a black man and growing up and going to, you know, Milwaukee Public Schools my entire life, but also being a father. And so for me, it's about... It's really about the vision and the mission, and, and 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 what has been instilled into me is how we govern, and that's why we focus so much on like the social determinants of health and making sure that if the tide is going to rise, we need all the boats to rise.
0: And I agree, and I and I'll say this because when I when I heard that uh, when you was running that you know they was like it was up to a million and some dollars you, it was spent, yeah. and and a lot of people say, hey, look, you know that that you had got that much money put behind you that. You know, that was a huge amount, and yeah. you know that kind of support right there made you
3: unbeatable almost. Well, I wouldn't say it, it would make to us a certain, certain degree. I mean, it's, it's nice having the, the, the right. funds there, but you know, um, I would say it's, it still took hard work. I mean, let's let's face it, man. Like like it it took this long. We're we talking over 175 years to elect mm-hmm. the first black person in these seats, right? And So, so it took that kind of energy. I mean, it, 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 it's, 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 it takes that, the resources, but when you say energy, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know, because... You know, I, I come from the streets. I, I was an organizer. That's how I got involved in, in politics itself. Right. Because when you started realizing huh. that when you wanted to see some change happen, you kept seeing yourself in front of policymakers. It was like, OK. You were a
0: state representative before you became a county. Executive. I was a state rep. Yeah. Right.
3: Yeah. I was a state representative for, for three and a half years. I was chair of our Wisconsin Black Caucus, chair of our Milwaukee delegation. But prior prior to being elected for six years, I worked behind the scenes for an elected official.
0: Right. I saw that. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's when I met you, when you were working behind the scenes. Is is there any difference right now when it comes to the level of things that you can do at the Mm. county executive position that being black in that position and people saying, hey, look, we need something done. uh, What immediately have you – what immediate ideas can you say since you've been in this position that you have implemented – that we as a community can take part in.
3: Oh, absolutely. So so when you start seeing everybody making, you know, Juneteenth a holiday, that's because we did it first, <laughs> right? Well, we, we had
0: the longest Juneteenth. You know, we
3: had the longest Juneteenth, but we did it first at Milwaukee County, and then everybody followed. And And I remember, you know, people used to, you know, my, my second year being in office, people said, well, how come we ain't did a flag raising for the Juneteenth flag? And I said, well, that means that we have to take it down. And we've never taken it down. <laughs> and so we had always kept it up. But when you think about particularly for, for, for the black community. Like right, it's resources. It's, it's been resources that we're putting, you know, one, when we were dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic and we needed businesses. There are businesses who was able to get the PPP loan. Right. Mm-hmm. But there are many black businesses, many businesses uh, that women own, disabled veterans own that weren't able to get these loans. Well, we were able to dole out about $12 million to many of these businesses, and about two-thirds of them were either women or minority-owned businesses. And we have that data. And we were very intentional in making sure that, like, how do we make sure that those who who, who who haven't been able to take advantage of all these other programs and services that are out there aren't getting the short end of the stick? We have to be intentional on how we actually invest these dollars. That's what we've been doing when it comes down to affordable housing, Right. We can invest in housing. And it's not to say that we don't need market rate housing because there's people who can afford their own homes but don't have enough stock. But I can't think about my own upbringing, right, and realize that I, got ev- I, got, I was evicted three times within a three-year span. We moved every year of my life for 15 years, not because my mama didn't want to pay rent. It's because she wasn't getting enough hours to actually pay the rent. Mm-hmm. And so how do we make sure that there's enough an, a, enough, enough inventory, enough infrastructure out there to allow people to, to, to take care of their kids and give them a better life than, than they once had.
0: Well, I'll say this, you know, a lot of people, when they see black people in positions, they it, that's why it's important to understand the position mm-hmm. and what they're able to do. Like, and I'm, on the, I'm looking at the talk to text lines and people asking about local ideas, uh, which you're involved in more of a broader uh, county idea.
3: Yeah, I, I think a lot of people. A lot of people what, what what thinks about like, okay, what's going on with like MPD, right? Right. County doesn't deal with local police uh, forces. Many, many people say, well, what's going on with the public health department, right? The violence. We don't have. We don't. We don't have an a, a office of violence prevention at the county. That's at the city level. Uh, but we do have our office of equity. We still have the ability to invest in the diversity, equity, and inclusion's uh, work that we have been doing for so many years. We're still we still have our, our our position related to the office of African American Affairs and what they're doing in the community to make sure that folks are aware of the resources that are out here. And so the county we we we're more of the health and human aspect of of of, of Milwaukee County. When you think about buildings, when you think about public safety, a lot of that is is the city level. But the county, we're dealing with the spirit and the mindset of our entire community, in a sense.
0: The sales tax. This is uh, something that everybody been talking mm-hmm. about. And uh, for the county, you got what,
3: 0.4 percent at, at the county.
0: And then you weren't you didn't have any negotiations with Milwaukee. It was just the county.
3: Well, I can't negotiate. So we were all in. The, we were all negotiating at the same time, but we all had our our, our things that we had to right. do. So I focused on on Milwaukee County, and and we got the point four percent sales tax. And many people would say, "Well, what is that going towards? Why 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 this sales Cause, tax cause, at this at this uh, county level?"
0: Because I think a lot of people when they see the sales tax and on the north side, it's a, the the minimum wage is not going up, right? So they're like, "Okay, the everything is going up and." The jobs are getting, you know,
3: they're not uh, living wage jobs. Correct, correct. And and, and so let me, I'm going to break down the whole sales tax, particularly, particularly from the county's perspective, mm-hmm. right? Because if we didn't have this 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 sales tax from the county's perspective, some of our most vulnerable, some of the folks who make the least amount of money in our community probably would have been paying the most if we didn't have this sales tax. And i give you a prime example. Let's talk about our county transit system, all right? This allowed us... To, to, to keep uh, from cutting our transit system for at least the next five years, right? And so this is allows just to stabilize and keep the current the current set. Well, if we had to cut our, our, our transit system and people wouldn't be able to go to work, what do you think is cheaper, our transit system or Uber, mm. right? And so if we want to be able to address the mental health and not have to actually deal with people going to prison and utilizing that as the mental health institution, where do you think we're going to get those resources from? And when you think about our homeless population, you know, yes, our homeless population is increasing, but people may not know that for the past two years we've had the lowest unsheltered homeless population of a community our size two I saw years in statistic. a row. And so if we're gonna if we're gonna invest in the level of affordable housing that we're seeing right now to make sure that people can have housing, this is what it's going to take. And I would say that we we we've actually put ourselves in a much better position where now as Milwaukee County, I don't have to say, okay. What cuts are going to be least harmful? Mm. I don't have to do that now. I can now say, all right. You got more to work I with. have a little bit more wiggle room. So how can we make sure that we're investing more in these opioid addictions uh, 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 crisis that we're seeing? How can I invest more in transit? How can I invest more okay. in housing? How can we invest more in our entire community to where we are not spending more money on something like, I don't know, the prison and the jail system versus Spending dollars up front to address the root causes that send people to jail in the first place.
0: Well, last question. And uh, a lot of people says, why, when they did the sales tax, that they took away the people's ability to vote, uh, to to have a say?
3: Well, that's that's a great question. I don't know why they took away the ability.
0: Was you a part um, of that idea to to, to eliminate people from voting on the sales tax increase?
3: Well, you could check me on the record whether we're going to go to a vote or not. We need to get this done. Mm-hmm. Right. And what I would say is, is that I think it was more about precedent. And so people may not realize that every county, right, has the ability to to enact a point five percent sales tax. I mean, the problem is, is that that's I mean, that law is so old that we had to revisit it at some point. And so I think the what, what many of the legislators were thinking about was, well, we already have precedent for the county boards and common councils to, and not common councils, because no city has ever had a sales tax before. Before this, mm-hmm. right? So they already had precedent of, or as far as sixty-eight other communities doing this by vote from the board level. And I think they just wanted to keep with that precedent. They've
0: been walking get the short end of the stick because it seems like we got taxed higher than everybody else did the surrounding
3: areas. So you talk about the city of Milwaukee. Yeah, the city of Milwaukee. So, so, so I'm not even going to get into it. i <laughs> you know I just I, asked, but I will say that cuz it seems
0: like, you know, the the area that had the 40% black population got But I will say target. I
3: will say this though, right? I think that at the end of the day, that if you if you take the 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 financial situation that the city was in, if they wouldn't have been able to get this 2% uh local option sales tax, you could have probably seen half of the city's services wiped away. At a minimum. At least public safety would have, half of public safety would have been gone. And you if, would
0: have thought that the people and, wouldn't have,
3: if they would have voted on that, you'd
0: think that they would have, wouldn't have would have been for the increase.
3: Well the, well, the thing is, is that they would have had to see it first, right? They didn't have to see those cuts first. Mm. If we would have had to see those cuts first and then have to make the decision, the question is, is, is 2% now enough? Because now we got to play catch up. Right. And so if we wouldn't have got it now and we waited two years from now and we would have been in a hole, how much more? And now we have to play catch up when it comes down to the services is now is two percent a question. And I think the two percent just allows you, again, not to have to do these cuts now and allow for for life in and, and society. Is to go that on a permanent as, solution or do we have to go back in? Well, uh, that, that I don't know because I'm not at the city level. And right. So I can't tell I'm you about, about overall, the budget. i we but like, have to
0: go back through this process?
3: Will we be think facing
0: that, a, any bankruptcies in the future or I don't, I don't the think same so. situation? No,
3: no, no, not, no. No bankruptcies or anything. That was the whole point of this, right? And so particularly from the county's perspective, you think about including this with the pension reform. I mean, for us, the total dollar amount, just with a 0.4% from our perspective, mm-hmm. we're talking about – 3.5 billion dollar reform that we just made. Right? Imagine that having to come out of our pocketbooks right now. Mm. Hey, <laughs> a, a lot
0: of people say we are already overtaxed, but I'll say this, you know, like I said, um you in a race, mm-hmm. you know, and the voting is today, but you don't have to vote today for your
3: race. So I I don't have a primary uh, a primary election. I have a general election. So uh first Tuesday in April, uh, was it April April 2nd. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's when I'm going to be out the ballot. But people should make sure to to, to make a plan and go out and vote today. Uh, this is this is an exercise that we should all right. be partaking in. Uh, you know, anytime this, with uh, Judge Lena Taylor used to say, "Fan every February, April, August, and November." So be a number one fan and vote. Hey, look, I, hey, I'm looking forward to having you back in the general when it gets to the general. Absolutely. Listen, man, call, call me anytime, man.
0: I'd love to be on the show with you more. Hey, look, I appreciate you stopping through Milwaukee County Executive David Crawley in the building. Yes, sir. Hey, <laughs> look, when we come back, we'll have more discussion. Truth Nation, stay locked in right here on Tory Lowe.
1: This is the Tory Low Show on 1017 The Truth, the truth app and 1017thetruth.com.
0: Work, work. Working me, work. she working me work, work. Urging me, Ay. it be urging me yeah, yeah. Chill it up, the top of the curtain, please Scoop, Scoop. I
3: decided to go up like Major League up. She just popped the just b- like poke beans She just popped the b- say I hurt her knees She hurting me, rich Stone,
0: Hercules me. Two cups, Martell, boy, knee. Two Serve a Go to sleep, sir, sir. I need to get me, me 101. Seven The Truth, Tory Low. Tory Low. Show.
1: <laughs>
0: DJ Brother Z on the ones and two. Hey, hey, you got an event coming
3: up. Yeah, Wave Chappelle has a show tonight.
0: Wave Chappelle. Now, y'all been grinding. I seen the little uh clip it that you let out on Instagram. Y'all was rehearsing. Where, where it's gonna be at? Where the show gonna be at? You know, we support
3: Wave. Uh, it's a brand new um venue owned by paps theater I want to say it and it's hard for me to pronounce but I think it's called like Vivarium or something vivarium
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh it's good so when is the time what is what are the times
3: uh tonight we have a show at uh eight o'clock which is uh
0: sold out sold out sold out there. hey salute to what y'all doing over there I appreciate uh wave when he stopped through his freestyles is always on point. And uh, hope, hopefully y'all have a fun time.
3: And if you haven't, make sure you go peep his uh, On the Radar freestyle.
0: Oh, he got a free. Do we got a uh, – is it Radio do we Can we play it on the air?
3: Uh, I can go look it up real quick. Yeah,
0: let's get, let's get some wave uh his new freestyle. You know, we support our local artists right here, and we will continue to make sure that they get their voices heard right here on 101.7 The Truth on the Tory Lowe Show. And uh, – Keep doing the keep doing the great work uh DJ Brother Z but uh I want to head down to uh La over to LA uh a mom of a LAPD officer claims her son was killed because he knew too much uh the mother believes that her son Houston tipping was killed because he knew too much about rape allegations against his colleagues in the LAPD. Let's listen and see what's going on in LA, in Los Angeles.
5: It was a horrible accident, but the family of Officer Houston Tipping doesn't believe it. So it looks like this case will be going to trial. I'm angry, um, disgusted,
2: heartbroken,
5: and life is just different without it because of what they did. Shirley Huffman believes her son, LAPD officer Houston Tipping was targeted and killed because he knew about rape allegations against fellow officers in the department.
4: He was concerned enough
5: that he was looking to leave and he had um, uh, interviewed and, um, and that was his intention was to leave. Attorney Brad Gage says Officer Tipping was an instructor at the police academy and was conducting a training exercise when he was gravely injured.
4: After he became the instructor there, one of the accused officers signed up for that class, went into that class, engaged in intentional acts against my client including putting him into a headlock, which he admits in his deposition testimony that we have, and also picking him up in what is known colloquially as a pile driver wrestling move.
5: Officer Tipping was paralyzed and after three days in the hospital, died on May 29, 2022. But the LAPD calls it a tragic accident. LAPD Chief Michael Moore had this to say back in 2022.
4: Officer Tipping was not attacked. Uh, he was not beaten up by a group of officers. And he was not involved in any investigation of any police officer within the Los Angeles Police Department. Gage
5: disagrees. He's filed a lawsuit alleging wrongful death, battery, and whistleblower retaliation.
4: Having an officer who is investigating criminal acts against other employees. Who then dies and is killed? Oh wow! Has to be distressing to everyone. It has to concern us for public safety.
2: My son was a good cop. He loved being a police officer. It was what his fiber was, and I believe that when he saw something, he said something, and it got him killed.
0: Well, okay. So they said he got he got in, in a situation. We got power where they, he got injured during the exercise, a training exercise, like they put him in some kind of move and and, and kind of killed him from that, uh, putting him into a headlock. They said that uh, after he became an instructor there, uh, the one of the accused officers signed up for the class, went into the class, engaged in intentional acts against the uh, the officer. Including putting him into a headlock, which he admits is in uh the deposition testimony that we I guess he admitted to put him putting him in the headlock, also picking him up in what is known as the power driver. So he power drivered him. And the damage from that uh causes death. But this was one of the officers that the officer was looking, he knew information about uh rape. Allegations. So he was trained in the His officer signed up. He starts to uh participate and I guess put him in a headlock and then Pile driver him into the ground. Oh wow. Causing him to die. And I I you know, I'll tell you this. When you have information or when you're looking into things, you watch okay, I watch power. I watch all these uh Movies where, you know, like Power, right now I'm watching, uh, what, I think it's season three of Power, and, you know, this is officer on on Power that is a corrupt officer, and he goes and kills an officer. I'm not going to tell y'all all all of it. If y'all not watching Power, then y'all not a part of the Power universe. I don't expect you to understand. But uh, it's obscene in there where officers, dirty officers, you know, they go and they, you know, to protect you know, themselves, they'll go kill another officer. This is what this sounds like. Hey, look, prayers to the family right now. Prayers to the tipping family. Uh, this was a white officer that they did this to, that had, who may have had information on the LAPD. That's why I say a lot of people are afraid to stand up. That's why we fought for whistleblower protections here in the state of Wisconsin. When I was going up there with the justice reform with the state, we wanted to make sure that officers can feel free to talk about what was going on and have the protections. But look, it's still grimy. <laughs> it's still grimy in these, uh, what they saw, uh, back to blues. It's grimy out here in these blue streets. <laughs> hey, look, when we come back, we'll have more conversation, Truth nations Stay like they right here on Tory Lowe.
1: It's the Tory Lowe show on 1017 the truth the truth app and 1017thetruth.com Hey
3: that I'm P I'm thuggin I'm still in the street if he went up by on black and Spotted swell my in the f- if he on to the, the let be one if you see that, I'm having it and I'm every week. I can't sign. I got cases to be. Plus I touch I every week. I sweet. Let it whip if on my feet on my son. You slide every week. Yeah, shot out of G with no dose of the n- to see who it was just to see if they scream. put on the T, on the net, trying to act like gangster. I got enough bread for the feet. You know, I'm a Saving
0: so the truth, Tory Low, Tory Low, Low show. For, for Don't DJ Brother Z on the wise. I got to head over to Texas. It's a situation that goes on all the time. I had to deal with it several times with women getting their children taken from Child Protective Services. But this mother in Texas is fighting to get her toddler back after Child Protective Services took the child without a court order and without police officers seeing an immediate need for the child's removal. Now, I'm going to tell you this. When it comes to black children and when they go into the hospital and go and they, you know, you refuse a treatment, they can call them people on you. (laughs) Like, and if you don't think that's right for your child, they can say, hey, look, this is a medical, a necessary medical procedure, and you might end up seeing them people show up on you. (laughs) I I had to deal with it. I had to get uh, women and advocate for women in this situation before
2: but let's listen to see what's going on in texas a north texas mother is fighting to get her toddler back after cps took him without a court order and without police officers seeing an immediate need for his removal the two-year-old is set to be released from a hospital into a foster home tomorrow fox News' Lori brown live in dallas with the story Lori. The boy's mother says that she never imagined that taking him to the hospital for a rash would end with him being taken away from her the very next day, and her court hearing is still a week away. I've never been away from my son for more than a few hours prior to this incident, and it has now been 60 days. Jocelyn Sanders says she has already overcome big odds just to give birth to her son, Josiah. So they just kept telling me that they don't think I will make it to the 40 weeks. Sanders was paralyzed from the waist down when she was in high school. Her dad, Jason, says she persevered through college.
4: When she graduated, she graduated the top 10% out of 40,000 students. And then to be able to witness oh, her wow. natural birth the next day to my grandson after 40 weeks and five days uh, against all odds.
2: But now she is in a battle she never expected. She took her two-year-old son Josiah to Children's Medical Center, Dallas, because her son had a rash that she believed was a reaction to a new laundry detergent. And I realized that his foot was swelling, so. Um, I took him to the hospital based on a referral from his pediatrician. She says the doctor recommended a medicine she was not comfortable with. I just was not okay with um, giving him clindamycin since that antibiotic is reserved for more severe infections. Sanders decided to leave the hospital against medical advice to take Josiah to her pediatrician, which she did. Even so, the next afternoon, CPS officers came to her apartment, accompanied by Corinth police. Chief Jerry Gardner told me by phone what his officers observed.
1: The officers did not observe anything that would indicate that child was in imminent danger.
2: According to CPS, investigators said they were responding to a report from Children's about a child being malnourished. But the family provided medical records showing on the date Josiah left the hospital, there was no indication of child abuse or negligence. So
0: why did they,
1: uh, they take observed the baby? The child was, would eat, the child would drink, uh, they saw a rash on the child. But they didn't see anything to indicate that there was an emergency. They was waiting the to take that baby. Officers did not indicate in their police report. That I guess the, they the say the she was paralyzed
2: to from be the waist down.
1: Malnourished. The police report it may have says was agreed,
0: agreed to, to
2: take, take Josiah that baby. to a different hospital. But the CPS worker told her that was no longer an option and proceeded to take Josiah. Oh wow! I
1: think uh, being instructed to take the child into custody, as we were by a, a CPS worker. Without a, uh, a court order, without a directive from a judge, uh, would be a little unusual.
2: The court affidavit filed by the CPS worker stated the child had a skin infection and a nutritional oh, wow. deficiency. So you're going to take the Sanders child? Provided no explanation. All right, that's about
0: enough. You know, I I I seen it get ridiculous right here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It was one uh one of the workers told a, a girl that that she can't have a man. <laughs> like like you know what? All right, I, I, I'm gonna say it like this. It's two great positions in the community that affects our community that nobody hardly ever challenges or talks about. And that's the CPS worker and, and, the, and the uh parole officer. Like they 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 doing a lot of things, you know, to people in our communities, but we don't we don't uh really shine light on what they're doing, what they're actually doing to families. You know, we may get a few protests here and there, but I'm going to tell you, it was two gray areas during my activism that I found that was going under the radar. And that was the CPS workers, how they was taking these women children. I became an advocate for a lot of these mothers over the years and, and sat there in some of these meetings, and they didn't want me to be in the meetings and all of that. They, I mean, they, I mean crazy how these how these things went down. And then it's the parole officer. Because that's a gray area. Because, you know, when you get like, you know, so many years on paper, you need a a P.O. And, you know, they kind of run around like they, you know, <laughs> overdoing it sometimes. And and I and some people need P.O. officers. I done ran into people who needed PO. But I I I think that sometimes those POs take advantage of their position, and knowing that the sometimes these people that got a lot of paperwork on them after they get out, they they add a disposition, okay, and so that gives them that that God like I'm I'm your God right now, and these uh, child protective service workers, the how they be operating sometimes when they come after these kids, um, it's very unprofessional. And it seemed like they just trying to get accounts when it come to our neighborhoods many times cuz I'm gonna tell you right now these are two areas that I that made me raise an eyebrow a long time ago and as I kept dealing with these situations I I seen why I seen why I was able to get uh uh, uh, uh some of the women and their kids back not all of them not all of them cuz some of them put themselves in a position where no matter what I did they wouldn't go let them kids go but the ones that where outright bogus, I was able to, to help them get their kids back. But, hey, look, when we come back, we're going to have more conversation. It was a song, DJ Brother Z, that was made a while back that somebody sent me, and it was like a gospel rap song from a pastor and his wife. I sent it to DJ Brother Z, but I can we play that? Can we play it? Can we play it on the air, DJ Brothers Z? E, when we get back? Okay, I, I want to, hey, look, when we come back, we'll have more conversation. Truth Nation, stay locked in right here on Tory Low.